0: Hello, everybody. Welcome into episode number 41 of Tellgates and Heartbreaks, presented by Section 513. I'm your host, Geezer. Uh, alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Donnie, and producer, Tito. And we have a very special guest today. We have the man, or the woman, the myth, and the legend, Tucker Birdheart. Joining I think it's us today.
1: the bird, the myth, the legend. All right. The
0: bird, the myth, the legend, Tucker Birdheart. So Donnie, let's so real quick before we before we get into it, give us a little bit of background. Obviously, Donnie wrote a blog about this, but
1: yeah, just posted the blog. So if you want the the whole detailed story, it's on there. But I had an eventful morning, guys. I went and got my oil changed. Um, was able to say no. Um, as you know, uh, I wrote a blog earlier this week about talking about how I can't say no to people. I'm the yes man. Uh, I was able to say no. Uh, Save about $100 because the Valvoline people always love to get me. Changing every filter, making up filters to change. uh, Was able to say no. And uh, so I felt good about myself. Went to the grocery store, got home, said, you know what? Tito was working. Can't do the the thing till one. I'm going to take a nap. And uh, quickly was awoke by a bird flying into my room and then directly into the ceiling fan. And just getting launched across the room, and uh, he's struggling, man. He's like squirming around, chirping. So I said, you know what? Uh, if he's willing to, you know, fight it out, I'll help him. I'll nurse him back. I put him in a pop tart box with some toilet paper, and um, we're chilling. He's. Uh, I'm not he's gonna. Cur-
0: I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. Like when you turned your camera around, he looks rough oh no
1: he's down bad he uh well he was like <laughs> moving his beak so i like put him put his face basically in water but i was like it's like waterboarding him <laughs> because like, <laughs> i didn't know how else to get the water in so uh he basically has to get hazed to be a member of this family um we went through that ceremony and yeah we're just gonna kind of wait it out and see um i kind of did looked, like a couple
0: he a looked couple dead laps. he looked yeah, dead
1: no he's definitely close um I did, like, I tossed him up a little bit to see if he could fly at all, and no, he can't. Um,
0: Does he I, have a heartbeat?
1: Yes, yes, yes. He has a heartbeat, and I kind of felt gross because I was touching him so much. I was like, I need to wash my hands. So I've washed my hands just, like, every 10 minutes this morning, even when I'm not touching him. I'm like...
0: Just keep, like, a bottle gross. of hand sanitizer just next to you, yeah. and every time you touch him... Is he a baby or, like, a bird? He's very small, so, like, you saw the picture. I had, like... yeah. yeah. He's like
1: the same size as the cigarette box, so he's very small.
2: You gotta you gotta hold on to him then, because if he's not like full grown, if he smells like human, like nobody's gonna help him out in the wild. So you're you've basically adopted a bird now.
1: Yeah, no, Tucker Birdheart. and maybe this was the the thing the Reds needed to continue their hot streak. Uh, I mean, Tucker Birdheart was an obvious name choice. Um,
0: I but, think you need to tell Buddy. I think you need to tell Buddy that uh, you're gonna. You need to take. You need to go on paternity leave.
1: Yes, yes, that would be a very nice, um, very nice. I, geez, I really like that idea actually, because as much like, as I'm working,
0: I uh, mean, I feel like you can definitely maybe lie enough on whatever form you have to submit to make this happen.
1: Well, I feel like if I write, like you know,
0: they and ask who you, says no, and who's going to say no? Like the, well, you're, you're being ask
1: a, for a, a picture. No one wants to see my baby. Um so it's going to be like you know what's what's the baby's name and it's going to be like Tucker Birdheart no one watches baseball so they're going to be like oh okay and
2: uh <laughs> they're not even yeah, and nice little bonus you can start claiming a dependent on your taxes like there's endless possibilities here yeah we're really we're really on to something so
0: i'm not kidding you if i like get like a text in like the next 2 to 3 days like they accepted my leave i'm going to be <laughs> rolling around on the ground <laughs>
1: Uh, I think they, they might actually, would they ask for a picture? I mean, like an excuse when you say like, oh, like someone died.
0: But um, see, here's the thing. Like who's going to say no, like you're being a good person. Like you're being like yesterday, like I saved a baby mole from dying on concrete. Did you really? Yes. I, I mean, going, I that's,
2: was, that's actually like not being a good person.
0: Moles well, are the worst. Okay. See, hold <laughs> yeah. on. Okay fair enough this was stella so i was going to work out and nice. there's fitness like the fitness gains hashtag swole you have to go so like to get into the basement like there's like two steps but like the step stella stop the just step, for our
2: listeners this is the gym that you go to that's in the basement of a of your dentist's office correct correct yeah <laughs> okay. this is
0: very much not what you would picture though anyway uh so it must have like fallen down and got down but there was no way it could get back up and like it's either gonna go into the door when i open the door to go into the gym or it's just gonna die on concrete i'm like well i don't know if we want to have a pet mole in the in the gym so i just put on some gloves i i I pushed it. I, I there was an empty box upstairs. I just put it into a box and I took it back to the woods and I let it go. I mean, what? I else? Think
1: you should have kept it in the box and we could have had like, you know, we could have made this summer the, the podcast of just nursing animals.
0: Okay, well hindsight's 2020 20 now, because I didn't know a day later you were gonna rescue a bird and it was gonna be. We are now gonna be <laughs> the three of us and Tucker Birdheart. Yeah, if yeah. I had known that, I would have completely changed. More. We have could have him, a uh, deal with – we could have, like, a TV deal with Nat Geo by now. Yeah. We
2: could have named him uh,
0: – A Eugenio Moraes.
2: Molivado. Um,
0: Ew, Molivado.
2: <laughs> and then <laughs> oh, we
0: could God. then ask for – we could ask uh, for an updated logo with Molivado and yes. Tucker Berthardt.
1: Yes. It's like cartoon – yes, I like that. We need to get what's-his-face on the – on the computer, working on this
2: already. Yeah, graphic designers. Yeah, you know that sick logo you made for us. Yeah, we need you to put a clip art bird on there too.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, a clip art bird and a clip art mole. All right, Tito, now you got to go find something.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't know. Tito I actually mean, has birds just living in his hair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge uh, wild animal guy, so I'll probably just leave that to you two. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> whatever
0: right, we'll figure it out
2: all right so tucker i'll get a bird. turtle i'll find a turtle that's that's fair all yeah right. well turtles are i mean you can't do much with a turtle i guess you I know. can't
1: with like a, a bird that's technically like a vegetable right now but like the turtle just i don't know
2: find
0: so something put it, the I'm, tucker something. tucker birdheart would be like he's in icu Yeah. Bird ICU, except with not nearly the proper medical equipment to keep him alive. Instead, he's in a Pop-Tart box with tissues and is probably inhaling uh, American spirits. Well, to be fair, it's the the only
1: cigarette in America that's 100 percent all tobacco. Yeah, there's a lot of vitamins in there. Yeah. So I've lasted this long. So if anything, it's helping, Tucker.
0: Yeah. All right. So moving on. So. The past two weeks that we've done podcasts, we've kind of openly ripped uh, our lack of uh, blogging. And, I mean, I'm still one every month, basically. I'm hoping to, whatever Tito had last Friday, I need some of that because Tito and Donnie have single-handedly brought the blog back to life. Just, my phone is being blown up with Section 513 tweets and if, they're, if you're bored during the day, I can't think of a better thing to do than read some of these stories because let me tell you, they are incredible. They're all over the place. Well,
1: yeah, and that was the thing. Tito like, just lit this fire that has just um, spread across the whole Section 513 site, um, talking about everything and anything, really, uh, sports-related, non-sports-related. Um, nurses stealing the credit cards off of dead patients. Uh, just, just left and right, just crazy stuff. But yeah, it's it's been fun to get the, the blog back, and
2: we appreciate all the, the readers. Um, it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, I just got really bored on Friday and decided to fire this up, so... I'm gonna see how long I can keep uh I can keep going this time. Usually I'm about a week and then I tap out, but I don't know, I'm feeling good feeling good about this round. So yeah. make sure to uh uh to check out the site every once in a while. I just put a new page up too for uh it's like all Reds, Bangles, Bearcats. So if you don't wanna hear me talking about uh <laughs> you know some random, yeah, some random nurse that stole a dead patient's credit card or the weirdest Craigslist post that I came across that day. Uh, you can check out the Section 513 Fans in, and that'll keep you in the uh, Reds, Bangles, Bearcats uh, vein there. So I had a question. How often do you visit Craigslist? Because I feel like to come across
1: that ad, you had to be pretty deep in there.
2: Well, uh, it's it's Reddit. I mean, Reddit's the best. Oh, yes. It's, yeah. Okay. okay. For anyone that's ever bored, Reddit is by far the most interesting website on on oh, the internet. It's awesome. Doesn't get nearly enough
1: credit as it should, dude. It, it's awesome.
0: It's no. it's quite possibly the best place to go and get any secondhand stream. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Like, and just I mean, to
1: any topic, like you'll be like, oh, I wonder why, like some. You have a question, just type it in, and there's going to be a post about it, and like a lot of people have that same question. It's just kind of weird. To, not weird, but
0: just really cool. But 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 we'll cut this part about talking about Reddit and what they're really good at because <laughs> we don't want them to get canceled. Yeah, for so, basically,
2: yeah, yeah section five one three is just the best of Reddit plus Cincy Sports. <laughs> <laughs> that should be our new motto. Yep. Yeah.
0: Just hand yes. Is- I mean, we're we're on a roll. We're on yeah. a roll. was um, are buzzing. So make sure you check out section five one three because we have to help uh, Donny pay his bills and not only Donnie's bills, yeah. Now Tucker, a- now, now Tucker Birdheart's bills.
1: I can't uh, I can't even afford to feed Mojo. I've been feeding him breadcrumbs uh, the last month, so now I got to worry about
2: two mouths and a and a beak. That, so this like, is I- actually a great marketing pitch. If you don't want to see Mojo end up eating Tucker Birdheart, then visit the <laughs> website because <laughs> we need to pay to feed both of them. So. <laughs> Yeah, Tucker Barthart, I mean, he better – he
1: has He has in the back of his mind that's also pushing him to survive. Like coming – Mojo was like face-to-face with him, which – and he, I talked about it in the blog. Like the fact that Mojo didn't just tear him to pieces was actually really surprising. Um, I think Mojo, he, he's ready for a little brother, and uh, I just got to kind of keep the distance. I'm going to put Tucker on the ledge.
0: How quickly do you get a one of those like bird cages and just keep him in your house?
1: No, he's going to stay in the Pop-Tart box. I'm not going to spend it. <laughs> um, I also said in the blog, this isn't the fucking Ritz. Uh, he's going to he's gonna have to
0: work a little bit. Um, <laughs>
1: he's going to have to pull his weight items, around the house. Yeah, I mean, I if I have to dig for worms and give him water, that's about <laughs> the, only, the only thing I'm going to do. I would love to see, because <laughs> I forgot to mention this in the blog, but... When I first got him, like, picked him up, I was in my, like, underwear, obviously, I was taking a nap, and I, like, ran outside, because I, like, you know, I didn't want him in the house, and I kind of wanted to see if he would just fly away, and, like, kind of, like, tossed him up a little, you know, like, fly away, and, uh, just sitting him under, so I'm hoping to God, no, none of my neighbors, (laughs) Um, and then they'll see me digging for worms in about an hour, they're gonna be like, what the fuck? Um, so, Yeah.
0: All right. (laughs) So we're actually going to get into sports now because this is a sports podcast and a sports (laughs) blog slash that's what we are. So uh, Super Regionals took place this weekend. Um, A lot of great baseball. Um, Still a shit ton of runs. I mean, like the biggest thing for me was Arkansas kind of going, which is probably the biggest story of the weekend the number one seeded Arkansas Razorbacks fell to the Wolfpack Cold. of uh, NC State, and quite honestly, the heel turn of just going what tw- they won 21 to two game one,
2: yeah, and
0: then they had that nail biter. It was like maybe like what six to five on in game two, and then obviously the heartbreaking loss of game three, which quite honestly. That re- that poor reliever, man. Uh, what's his yeah. name? The reliever Dude. for Ark. The, the reliever for Arkansas that basically had a soft. Oh,
2: no, point. don't patronize him, man. He's the best pitcher in the country. Like, at that point when he's asked to be their entire staff, like that's just a gamer being a gamer. He went 118 pitches off of throwing 20 plus in relief the night before it was his first start of the season. Kevin Cops is an absolute dog. And,
1: Wait, and hold on. Him. There, Hold on. So
0: did he Did he start and go that whole game?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he oh, was. Oh, shit. Yeah. I man, didn't know I mean, that. that was I was at work. Start, yeah. Well, he – which can honestly make it more sad because it's like he, he pitched such a good game and then at the end there just gave up a couple and it was like – that was it. The Arkansas was stifled. Um, Holy shit. Kind of what ha- – I mean, Vanderbilt didn't hit the – ECU has really good pitching, but Vanderbilt, we were kind of saying their offense just isn't very good right now. And it wasn't necessarily great against ECU. But when you have Kumar and and Jack Leiter, it's like you don't really need it to be great. Um, But Arkansas kind of got the Vandy effects um,
2: and just couldn't score enough runs. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, uh, they their offense really on Sunday was non-existent. Um, Yeah. I mean, they had they only put up one like one of the runs was off of an error. So yeah, two uh, runs on four hits. I yeah, that's it. yeah. It's pretty uh, how you can
1: score Twenty the first game and then can't score at all the
2: the you know third game. I guess their offense was pretty good game two, but. That oh. kid that came in for NC State though to shut the door in the eighth and ninth is uh, he's I have a feeling he's going to have some big moments in Amaha. A kid throws about a hundred or approaching a hundred on a fastball, and he's just got a nasty curveball. They're going to be a team that uh, they could maybe do some damage if they can get that offense going
0: again. Who I'm looking to see who they play. First. So 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 I have it pulled up. So. On Saturday, the first two games we get are NC State facing Stanford, which Stanford ran roughshod through my yeah. pick of the Red Raiders, which – Yeah, yeah. yeah. made easy work of them, That, you, that you, game,
2: whatever the over is in that game, take it.
0: Yeah. And then Arizona faces Vandy. That'll be great. And I, have, then, I have
2: a feeling Arizona is going to run into a brick wall there. Arizona.
1: So good against my pick, Ole Miss. Um, yeah. They're a really good team. Um, that game three was, I mean, they just shut Ole Miss down at the beginning. Yeah. I think they took like a, what, 10-2 lead? And it was like, yeah. before you could even blink, it was
2: over. They were and then, they were threatening every inning, too. It wasn't just one big rally. Right, that
0: was, right. I mean, Ole Miss didn't have a shot in hell at winning that game. And then Virginia faces Tennessee on Sunday, which that game might be a bloodbath. Oh
2: no! It'll be that'll be a fourteen to three final. I mean, Virginia's uh, their Friday Virginia starters. Baptist. Yeah, no, that was nuts. they Virginia's Friday starters pretty good. Uh, so game one, they'll have a good, uh, they'll have like a decent start from them. And I mean, Tennessee's susceptible to like going dead at times, but it's so hard to keep them off the board for an entire game. So
0: I don't know. And that'll then, be interesting,
2: and they know how to scrap
0: too yeah. if they're not hitting. And then to wrap up the first the first set of games, and this is probably going to be the best, like, just baseball game uh, okay. of the weekend, is Mississippi State and Texas. I, think. I think that's going to be the best. Like, just they, those two teams seem fairly, you know, and I don't want to say evenly matched, but I think the one thing I've noticed from, you know, Mississippi State and in Texas is they can score runs, but their pitching isn't, like, this they don't really have like you haven't watched texas then they got ty Mann's the
2: best i mean he's the third best starter he's the best starter that's not on vanderbilt left in the tournament threw an absolute gem in the in the super regional um i mean mississippi state's a very good team they're hitting the hell out of the ball but notre dame that's kind of the game that they play so i'm curious to see how that goes i still like uh i don't know i i said texas before the super regionals i'm sticking with them just because yeah. I think that their offense is built to do more than just hit home runs uh, to score. So I don't know. I, Mississippi State gives me pause just because I'm. I mean, obviously Notre Dame put up crazy numbers in their regional. I think it was 25 runs or something. Or no, it was 50 runs or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 20, it felt like 100. Yeah, yeah. It felt like 100. But uh, they're going uh, to. I don't know. That'll be a. That. That'll be an interesting game. I feel like it could be one that looks a lot like Texas's game against UCF, where Texas jumps out to a decent lead because the they were able to – Ty Madden is able to shut down Mississippi State for the first five or so innings, and then all of a sudden it becomes a game. But, I mean, Mississippi State's got a ton of power, so we'll see how that goes. But then again, Omaha's a big park. So, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of variables in that game. That's in- – I think that's definitely the biggest toss-up of the first matchups.
0: Yeah, and I think the one thing that is – and I know it's kind of chalk, but I, I just feel like like if you're – I mean, obviously, so you say, you know, Texas has the third-best starter. You know, I feel like pitching obviously always is kind of that, like, that's what really gets every team over the hump. And I think that's why some of these recent teams – like the team, the recent teams to have won to have won it have been successful. Like if I go back like ten, you know, ten plus years or whatever, like when when South Carolina had their run of it, w- I felt like there was the all right, they have a guy, they have a, a, a solid starter, but they have this rock solid guy in the bullpen.
2: They were all South Carolina's teams were all like low scoring teams that were clutch hitters, and that like clutch hitting wins the College World Series. That's what it comes down to every year and and i think
0: a t- it, like vandy i mean obviously when you have two projected top 10 starters in your rotation i mean that's obviously going to help you no matter what and i don't know their bullpen situation but i feel like they're just kind of like biding their time a bit you know and because i think they're they seem like a team that can score runs but they also like aren't afraid to play small ball and i think that's one of those like underrated like parts of college baseball is that there are so many teams that still are like yeah we're going to do it because like every run counts
2: especially in omaha too and like like the first second row home runs that go out in all of the parks that have been played in so far with the exception of texas which is huge are not going to be home runs in the college world series omaha is just a bigger park so yeah uh and i mean granted that doesn't mean that like Shit, somebody from Notre Dame hit it across the street at at Mississippi State. Like, guys are still going to hit them yeah. runs, but it's going to taper off a little bit, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. It's going to be fun. I mean, this is, like we said, this is one of the best tournaments, if not the, you know, aside from March Madness. This is one of my favorite times of year. Um, And there's a lot of good teams that are playing. There's really no, like, I don't think there's any true Cinderella team in there right now. I mean NC State it would
2: it would be Virginia if they could get there. <laughs> NC State's a good story because they started one and eight, but they did have a great back end yeah, the and season.
0: they have a and they have a great coach too. So I feel like when you have like a great coach that has a ton of wins, that you know, any run that they make isn't really surprising.
1: I'm so pissed that Dallas Baptist lost because they would have been the obvious Cinderella. I was ready to buy a Dallas Baptist jersey after game one. Um, tough loss. They, uh, that, that kid pimping the home run and then getting it caught at the wall was just sums up all of game three. They gave up a grand slam. I think it was in the seventh to that pretty much put it out of reach, just a tough, um, tough way to go out. And in Virginia, like we, we talked about last episode, they don't do much for me. Um, I know they got the the Dana beers pitcher. But other than that, they're just kind of a meh team. I know their pitching was really good against Dallas Baptist, but they're the Cinderella, but the way Tennessee's playing, I just don't see any way they make it a even compatible, at least the first game. Yeah. Um, against Tennessee the way and then they gotta face the loser of
0: Texas, Mississippi State. So good luck. It kinda like obviously like of like that, you know, that region and then like the winner that they got. Like that's like the least interesting like Virginia's probably the least interesting team in the tournament, like Without especially for it and and Without for us, and you know, I'm not like trying to latch on to South Carolina, but like for us, like talking point wise like obviously if we had if South Carolina makes it, that makes this a lot more interesting for us, just as a podcast slash blog and especially for Tito, but then at least like with Dallas Baptist, there's some intrigue, it's not like this big name program you know what i mean even though yeah, they, they are even though they are good like they have yeah, made some they've noise been good.
1: they've been
2: awesome yeah. all
0: year. and they've made noise in like recent years like this isn't like the first time i've heard of dallas baptist um but like when you take away some of those like teams out west at like you know like the cal state four, four tens and like the level of intrigue that you're getting right now isn't necessarily there which kind of sucks but i mean yeah Virginia's just meh to me like i'm it's, not
2: it's the first time in a long time that I can remember that there's been a college world series that didn't include a like non-power 5 school.
0: Yeah. Like
2: everyone's in either the Pac-12, the ACC, the SEC, uh yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean that kind of sucks a little bit, but uh I mean, I don't know. I think that uh I I think that the first the first couple days are probably going to be pretty chalky with the exception of like i could see nc state doing something they're actually the biggest long shot right now on the barstool sportsbook if you want to drive to indiana and put a future in on them they're 12 to 1 to win it all i think that's a fun little thing yeah, to yeah. throw some money at but uh
0: yeah so i mean vandy even has value too aren't What weren't they like yeah they're the favorite they're plus 280 i mean yeah wow. but th- i mean that's but like it's I don't still,
2: I don't like that like I don't think Vandy like makes like Vandy might I don't see them finishing a the top three. I think it's Texas, Tennessee, and and either uh, Mississippi State or Arizona.
0: I think uh I really just, don't I don't know. I mean they won their they are the reigning champs, obviously going back to uh twenty nineteen. But I think when you have guys who have like Kumar Rocker has not only experienced, but he's had incredible success in the tournament. And then you pair that up with a guy like, you know, Jack Leiter. Um, It's. I don't doubt their
2: pitching performance at all, but like you look at the rest of the teams in these tournament and the tournament, with the exception of Virginia, all of them are scoring runs. Like, well, I guess NC state got Kevin Kauf shut him down, but Saturday they look great. I mean, like Texas is putting up runs Tennessee's putting up runs Arizona's clobbering the ball Mississippi State's clobbering the ball and Stanford like has home run hitters up and down the lineup so like I, I you know they're gonna have good outings the whole teams to two to under two or three runs for seven eight innings but I, I don't like I don't know I, I feel like it's gonna be really tough for them to keep the lid on these teams for as long as they need to with as bad as their offense has been lately so but, the advice would be this week to bet the overs.
0: Correct. I would say yeah. Yeah.
2: But it's you got a the, you, end of the you, tournament.
0: You, yeah, but then you factor in that ballpark though. Like like you said, I mean it it it's it could be tricky. Yeah. Because I yeah. think so much I think so much of the offense in uh in some of these in, in these regionals and super regionals has been powered by the home run ball that I think that number might be a little bit inflated, but I could be wrong. But yeah, then also I, I think that that's definitely
2: something to watch out for with Arizona and Mississippi state. Cause both teams do rely heavily on the home run ball. And uh, I mean, at least recently they're not putting the ball into the second deck or, you know, just, they're not absolutely yeah. crushing the ball. And it's going to be harder to barrel up these starters that are going to come out in the first couple games. So like you're not going to have a ball that, you know, you thought somebody missed and then it just keeps carrying and carrying unless there's wind but uh yeah, I mean I think Arizona and Mississippi State are definitely going to be susceptible to that in the first couple of games.
0: Before we before we wrap up and move into an ad read and then we we'll wrap up the episode with the Reds. Um good pitching always best good hitting and I mean the the thing with And the thing with Vandy is those are two guys that are not, like, good, like, college pitchers. Like, those are guys that are going to be aces of an MLB team in four or five years. I'm just going to have a hard time betting against a team that has not one but two of those guys. And I I know...
1: That's why they're favored. But like we said uh, earlier, their offense kind of hit a wall at the end of the season. A little bit, um, but and
0: they, like I, I, and I do want to say this, like East East Carolina is like no, like like that's a they had good pitching I, yeah, throughout the I year.
2: Yeah, I Yeah, so I like, just, geez, I, I think that like Vanderbilt is the except. Like, I think that good hitting has beat good pitching for the majority of this tournament. Vanderbilt being the exception. Um, I mean, like. I like you look at at some of these matchups, like Tennessee caught LSU's rotation at a weird time. So like their numbers are a little bit skewed, but that team's still like loaded on offense. But you look at like, uh, at at, like, I mean, Texas had great pitching, but they were also putting up eight runs a game. They haven't lost yet. Uh, like Arizona was putting up double digits. Mississippi state's been hovering around double digits every game. So, I don't know if I don't know. I mean, if if they can come out and throw a complete game in the first game or second game of the tournament, then maybe that's a different story. I'm talking about uh, one of the two, one of the two Vanderbilt aces, but I don't know. I mean, I would be. I think that the good pitching beats good hitting is not necessarily going to be the narrative of of Omaha this year. Do you think? And
1: this is why we're quickly while we're talking on vanderbilt pitching those two studs i just kind of like go back to at least kumar rocker i think he's the biggest college prospect like pitching prospect since That's, strasburg
0: probably. i would agree right?
1: yeah and i but think to, i think lighter like two of them you don't want to bet against him and but i think lighter and kumar are both top 10 picks don't you guys i think
0: be- yeah lighter's projected to go top 5. But I will say this. So I mean that ECU pitcher that threw game 1 has a sub 2 ERA. Like he He's had a awesome. sub 2 ERA going into the year. So right. like it wasn't like, you yeah. know, it wasn't like they were struggling against some like middling starter. Like that was their best guy and I mean, so, you know,
2: yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying, that
0: Tito. You know, uh, Gavin Williams is I, his
2: I, name. He's real yeah. quick. I got a hot take first round. I got a hot take about the uh Vanderbilt pitchers. Uh the Red Sox had the number 3 overall pick due to a trade. I think it's four. I, four. It's 4. I would not be shocked if one of those two ended up in their bullpen by the end of this season. No way.
0: <laughs> this season? Yep. If it's if it's if they go rocker, I think there's more yeah, smoke definitely. to that, but like I think they're going to go with Jack Leiter. I they could.
2: I think could. Lider I'm gets picked ahead Yeah. I I think it's Lider's very, Lighter's yeah.
0: got the name too. I he'll mean, go.
2: He'll go first. But he's got
0: uh, the he's got the bloodlines.
2: But I think that if I I don't know I've, I I've been listening to too much Section Ten I think but they keep floating that out there I, I it's possible which is wild to say it might have a that, College World Series and a big league World Series. I
1: would love to see one of those guys in a Sox jersey. I mean, in general, but at the end of the season that would be probably one of the greatest sports in, stories ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Especially like if they are in the postseason, like you get like baseball at Fenway in in October. Yeah, that'd be that'd be well, a psychic. Uh, yeah. Right. We're
1: in Red Sox jersey, guys. Can you see this? That we can. Xander Bogarts.
0: Alright. Nice. Let's yeah. kick it to Tito for an ad read and we will talk about the Red, hot, reds to
2: the podcast. All right, guys. Do you enjoy listening to Tailgates and Heartbreaks? You need to check out Section 513. Section 513 is Cincinnati's best sports blog featuring writing from all of your favorite Tailgates and Heartbreaks podcast, or co-hosts. You can get our takes on anything Cincinnati sports and beyond on Section513.com. Check it out. Uh, check out the new Section 513 FanZen page. You uh, can keep up with all of our takes on the Reds. Uh, make sure to check out section513.com. That's section513.com.
0: All right. Thank you for that ad read, Tito. It, it looks like – it sounded like you hadn't skipped a beat. It's like you've been saying that ad for the past two months when in reality we haven't had to. All right. On to the bulk of the episode. We're, we're going to talk Reds, baby. Oh, yeah. Not, not not Tucker Bernhardt. We're talking Tucker about the... Bernhardt. Yes, and Bernhardt. the Cincinnati Reds, as of Tuesday, at 225, have won 11 of their last 14 games, and they have pushed themselves into third in the NL Central. They are four games back of the Brewers and Cubs, who are in a tie for first place. And I think the biggest thing that I've realized from this whole entire, you know, kind of stretch run that they've been on is it's kind of been, it's been this same lineup where you bump Winker out of the leadoff spot and put him in the two hole. You put Cassianus at in the three hole and they moved Stevenson uh, batting cleanup. And it's either Stevenson or Naquin. when it depends, it's depending on who's in the game, but Jonathan India might be the leadoff hitter for the Cincinnati Reds for the foreseeable future and especially in the next couple of years because I'm pretty sure if I heard this, read this correctly, he's batting like 350 in the leadoff spot and has an on-base percentage of in the 400s. So this is a guy that not only who – one of the things that everybody raved about him in the beginning of the year was his plate discipline, his ability to kind of have a good feel for – You know, the strike zone, he's getting on base and he's also actually hitting. He made a little tweak to his swing where he got rid of the big leg kick and kind of went to the toe tap. And it's really proven to be a difference maker for for him as a hitter and then just for this team in general. Because when you can get guys on base, especially, you know, if Winker's not going to – if Winker doesn't hit a homer, he's more likely than not going to get on base or get an extra base hit and you set the table for – you know, Kessianis or Stevenson or Naquin, who's also been a really good surprise for us, and, and now Joey Votto, who Joey Mapo, aka Votto's still slug, still bangs. I mean, David Bell might have found something here. Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, John, Jonathan India, when he is um, leading off his batting, uh it's two fifty-five, but in the first inning, uh so you know, when he gets up to bat in the first inning, he's batting four forty-four. Um, so definitely you want to get him at bats right out of the gate. It's a no brainer for me. Uh the way he's been producing and like you said, he's just he plays like he's not a rookie and I love that. Um I think you could say the same thing about Tyler Stevenson. Um, although he's not technically a rookie. I mean this is his first full season. Um, like not considering COVID. So, yeah, India, I think we found our our guy for 10 years, hopefully, Um, if he continues to progress the way he is. He's only 24, dude. Um, Really exciting stuff. I'm so glad he – because we talked about India the last couple years in the past. Oh, we're never going to see him. Like we'll we'll trade, end up trading him when we are making a run for, you know, uh, a waiver. Just a guy in, you know, a half year. And I'm really glad we didn't. Uh, Hung on on to him. Um, Finally got to see him in the big leagues. And he's killing it, man. And I think he's going to be people's favorite player. Um, It shouldn't take that long. Yeah. Um, Because he's a very, like, likable. From the hair, tats, like the Pirates of the Caribbean walk-up
2: song. He's a very likable player. So, you love that. Everyone likes people with steel bases. Exactly.
0: So, I wrote... So I just wrote down just kind of the lineup that David Bell has been running out there. And I really think he he's he's found something with it. And, you know, it's one of those things where if you if you you know, if you're one of those people who listens to John Boy and talking Yanks, the Yankees just continue to flip and flip flop everybody everywhere, you know, across the lineup, you know, batting leadoff, batting eighth. Like knowing what your role is on the team and what you're supposed to do, you get that sense of you know comfort every day you go to the ballpark. So he's ran out pretty much the combination of so you got Jonathan India leading off, you have Winker in the two hole, followed by Cassianus in the three, uh, batting third. If Stevenson is playing, he's typically batting fourth. It, it depends if Naquin's there in the lineup. Um, but if uh, if Naquin's starting in center, he's been batting cleanup. Vado batting fifth, Suarez batting sixth. If it's Farmer at shortstop, uh, he's typically batting eighth. If um, if Tucker's catching, but so typically Tucker's like in that six six seven spot. Like I just think, you know, you have that. You know, you have your top of the lineup figured out, and if you just keep Vado in the five in the five spot, that's great. You have Aquino coming off the bench. You have Shogo, who I think is as shitty as it is, because I really do think it's kind of tough to to really say Shogo is this or that because of the fact that he only had 60 games to really get, you know, acclimated to, you know, Major League Baseball. You know, it's not what he was doing before. And then he kind of just he starts the year on the uh, I.L. And quite honestly, he wasn't really – he you know kind of was getting sparing, you know, pinch hit ABs. But when he started, he's actually batting like almost 300. But now he's kind of starting to figure it out really. And, you know, he's giving great ABs when he's being asked to come in and pinch hit. He's hit some rope shot doubles off the wall. He almost had a homer uh, in the third game against the Rockies. And if you kind of bring him on in the latter part of the game – He's a great defensive substitution for Naquin, who is kind of a so so center fielder. Yeah. And this still, you still have Moose, who is supposed to be coming back in, heading into the San Diego series um, right. once we wrap up in Milwaukee. Senzel, who is expected to come back after the All Star break. And Max Schrock, who I think of like that, like platoon, like. This bench depth guy is probably the best one that they have because I love his I love his approach to the play. He's not a big strikeout guy. He's a contact guy, and if you just put the ball in play, good things happen. And then obviously it sucks that he gets that calf strain when he had the chance to go for the cycle um, before. Yeah. I think what I forget what series that was, but.
2: Um. Real quick note while you're talking about Suarez batting sixth, when he's batting sixth, he's hitting three oh eight with a nine seventy three OPS. It's, and that's over 42 appearances, too. That's not a very small sample size. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's going to be the
0: fix, but, like, my God, it's better than anything else. The the best thing, I think the only – so, Barry Larkin talking baseball is kind of, like, I want to gouge my eyes out. But, like, <laughs> when, when Barry Larkin actually talks about, like, what it's like as a player, like, from his experience, like, when he was talking about Suarez in his – finger injury from i guess he was like some making dinner or something like that. Yeah. But he said that injury like when you have an injury like that it forces you to slow down a bit at the plate and not try and just hit the ball 120, you know, percent. Whereas you slow down, you kind of focus on just trying to put the bat on the ball and let let the rest take care of itself. Since that injury, he's looked great at the plate. And he's, I, and you he's wonder puns.
2: Yeah, he's cut his strikeouts in half. His batting average is 40 points higher. I mean, it's –
0: yeah, everything's moving in the right direction. Yeah, and I mean, like last night he kind of – you know, he had that – he chased uh, ball four in the first, um, and it could have led to Aquino batting with the bases loaded in the first and really put that game out of place. But, you know, the way they're playing right now, they're doing the – I love – so since TJ Anton went on the I.L., they've just done the yeah, we're just not going to make our bullpen pitch in any meaningful spot because yeah. we're just going to score 10 runs. Yeah, which is a good approach if you're going to if you're going to combat the combat that issue. And, Tony, I don't want to like I don't want to like make you a victim here, but don't don't believe Heath Henry a good relief pitcher.
1: Okay, I, so I don't
0: Because like in his last th-
1: th- I, I threw a Roldish Chapman into the tweet I wasn't being serious I didn't but see the Chapman part think, so. Okay, I do think you have to give these guys credit Because over the last uh, Couple, three series basically um, They've done pretty well All things considered uh, They're a ragtag group, obviously they're not the best Actually they're the worst in baseball I see but the, I do the think hashtag- When they do a good job, I want to give them credit So, last night, you have to give them credit.
0: Last couple games, you have to give them credit. Someone has called them the hashtag waiver boys. I like that. I mean, it's... I like what... If you listen to, like, Lucas
1: Sims come out, you know, right now with Anton out, he's kind of the leader of the bullpen. He was like, yeah, we basically meet, and we're just like, all right, boys, like, let's go prove ourselves. They know everyone thinks we suck. Like, they're not shy about the fact that everyone... It's like a a universal fact that
0: no one thinks Lucas Sims sucks. I love how he's fallen on the sword, like as a collective, like we suck. I
1: I like that as like,
0: yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. It's like a universal fact that the bullpen sucks and everyone knows about it except the front office, um, who I guess just, you know, people talk about it. They put their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 la," uh, or they just know and don't want to spend money. Um, Yeah.
0: Probably, I think it's a little bit of both. But yeah, but um,
1: how about one thing? David Bell leaving his, you know, starters out, but especially the rookies. I mean, Vladimir Gutierrez last night in the Brewers win, he threw 110 or 111 pitches. And uh,
0: David Bell. I think it was 103. I don't think it was 111. I could be wrong.
1: You have to look that up because I thought. I'll look it up. I was at work. And I was listening to the game. I'm pretty sure they said that. But, it was
0: a it was a gritty performance, and yeah, it's, I don't know how you can justify Jeff Hoffman coming back in the rotation.
1: No, no, there's there's not a world where that's
2: plausible and acceptable.
0: There's well, no way.
2: Well, hold on, geese, real quick, while I was doing some research for a blog today. Jeff Hoffman and uh, Vladimir Gutierrez both have the same amount of wins above replacement. It just took Jeff Hoffman
0: six more games. One, so, yeah, oh. Donnie, 110. <laughs> he threw 110? 110. Yeah. Okay. And wins above replacement, that's one thing, but I think. I know. You, I, I, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Red's Twitter last night in his fourth career, first four career starts 2.74 ERA a 1.85 average against him and a 1.09 whip um like yeah that guy is a is I'll take that as my f- every every fifth day starter I, for I sure I do
2: want to pump the brakes a little bit though like if you look at some of the like advanced stats he's due to regress like uh, uh, he's due to regress it's no, not going to be terrible I, yeah. I don't think but like he his fifth sitting at a four, so yeah, I, I don't expect this. This is like a long term, like
1: the whole season. All every fifth day, Vladimir is gonna pitch six yeah. innings and give up one or two runs. That's not realistic. But I think he, we it, can't rely on him to go out and give us innings. And he's he's got balls. He's proved that through his first four games. He's gonna go out there and and show some guts. And he's not scared. He neither is Santion. I think. Yeah. It's only one one game where he's pitched. But neither one of these guys are seem to be phased by the show, which no. I love. I love they,
0: that. Tony uh Santian is gonna be a nice addition to the bullpen. That, so, because I, yeah, because yeah. I when think Sonny that's comes I, back, you mean yeah. I just don't see I just don't see a way that you can justify put sending him down. Because I think both I think both Vlad and Santion have they have like they have some nasty stuff, but they also have shown that they're gonna grind it out. Yeah. You know, I think that was one of the that's the one thing I really like about Gutierrez is is in his four starts, he hasn't been perfect. The numbers maybe don't necessarily align with the advanced stats, like Tito said, but there's just that it factor to him that I think he's got the stuff that even if he doesn't kinda have it. He can still work his way through it because he's got a he's got a pretty good fastball, he's got a good breaking ball, and he's not he's not afraid of the moment like Donnie said. Whereas Jeff Hoffman, it felt like you're taking nails to a chalkboard to get him through four innings. Whereas Gutierrez might it might be not so pretty, but I have faith in him to get through five innings where his walk rate isn't you know he's not walking. Guys that he shouldn't, whereas, like, Hoffman just doesn't have that. Yeah. And that's that's okay. And Hoffman might not be – Hoffman might not be a starter. I think Hoffman, you could maybe figure out a way to maybe make him a potential, you know, bullpen arm in AAA and just work on that with that. Yeah. But, like, I just – him going out there four times, it's just not – like – I think not-
1: with um the thing with Santion and Gutierrez if you're gonna say, Oh, they need to be um you know, if they're gonna be starters, they need to be starting every fifth day. I think they've had enough minor league experience where um they pretty much know their stuff and while their stuff yeah. can continue to get better and when you're prac you know, in the minors as a starter, you're gonna be able to develop that more than just being in a bullpen and pitching, yeah. you know. Every third, you know, like what I'm basically trying to say is I don't think it's it's you're you're risking that much to send Gutierrez or Santion into the bullpen for half a season. Um, but that's a good point to bring up the topic we had discussed. When was it last week? Hunter Green and bring up like a guy like Hunter Green stick him in the bullpen. I don't think he's had nearly enough time to. Developed, so that's why I don't want to do that.
0: So, so real I, quick, so I'll, to so set the table with that because, okay. so on, I think it was what two days ago.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Hunter Green uh is getting called up to Triple A Louisville. Donnie obviously had a blog post about what to do with some of these young guys. Um, we kind of had a debate in our group chat about what to do. Um, in, in the rare, in the rare, rare world that we are living in, me and Tito agreed upon it. We had the same idea. Donnie was a little bit hesitant. Um, I am of the belief that if they are still in contention, which I really do think they will be. And they, because I don't necessarily see them making a move to get a, a, arm at the deadline. Um, a impact arm, at least. Um, I could see them take some like middling reliever, you know. But a way to not only sell tickets and get some extra money in revenue Ugh. for a team that has cried poor, it makes way too much sense considering the timing of Hunter Green getting called up to Triple A, for there to be the potential of a August call up for a postseason push as an as a electric arm in the bullpen we saw it we saw it with Chapman it makes way too much sense and I don't think he needs to be I don't think he needs to be lights out in Louisville for that to happen I think if you know he has the stuff yes he was underwhelming in in spring training but I think when you I just think when you look at it it makes way too much sense to pair him up with Lucas Sims and TJ Anton, who are these hard throwing righties out of the bullpen. You bring in another guy who, like we said, he's young, he's electric. It sells tickets. It's what the Castellanis will do in a heartbeat. And I think you can, you can definitely sell to your fan base that this move is not only worth it, but it's like what you had in, in mind to fix the bullpen. Like they can sell that to the fan base. They can sell that to me in August. I'm going to run with it because I think he can be successful as long as there is no innings limit on him because of the Tommy John. That's the only thing I think can derail that idea is if they have set a innings pitch number. So this is what it's going to be. And he can't go above or below it. And which also makes the timing of the call up a little bit interesting because it happens so quickly. And it's going to happen with Nick Lodolo when he gets over this blister issue. Nick Lodolo is going to be up in AAA in probably two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean.
1: T. i you go, and then I'm going to bring
2: up why the big, my big concern with that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he's pretty much laid out a pretty good yeah. point. I, I think that it is like, it's very much a, they're not going to do anything as far as bring somebody else in that's going to wow people. And like, We kind of got uh, the Reds' pitching staff definitely got kind of a fire lit under their ass a little bit or a little bit of a spark when Gutierrez and uh, Santian came up like that. It that has an impact on people watching, you know, an excitable young player come up and perform at the big league level. And I think that this team's probably going to need that again at some point in the season. And I think that bringing up Hunter Green to put him in the bullpen is a very viable option it, and you know, he doesn't need to be at this point. We're not even talking about like, it'll hurt the reds. If he comes up and sucks, it's what, what does this do for Hunter green? Yes. And I get that argument that, that, that Donnie's got, but like he, he just needs to be like man. Like he just needs to be, you know, very average. He doesn't need to be incredible. It, it'll get him a you know, a couple of a little bit of experience at, at the big league level, and we're not talking about a full season. If this happens, it's going to be a late July, August call-up. So it's not like he's going to lose a ton of starts in the month.
0: It'd be when the the rosters, they get that August, September boost for the playoffs. Because, I mean, adding, that's typically, when you bring up guys like that, you maybe bring up one position player to add onto the bench, but you typically are bringing up extra arms because you have that whole wear and tear of the year like Nick Lodolo could even be one of those guys that gets caught up because he's a lefty arm, he's got the, he's got really good stuff. His slider fastball combo has been lights out in triple a, in double A. It's quite honestly been better than Hunter Green. They he was the most MLB ready pitcher when they drafted him and I think when you look at a team that is into the analytics matchups type of stuff, they play that, they haven't had successful lefty on lefty matchups and Nick Lodolo could be that guy that, depending on when he gets caught up to AAA, could be another one of those guys that comes up and fills that, you know, role in the bullpen of maybe being that lefty guy. If Amir Garrett doesn't really, be, you know, get back to average, because I think Sean Doolittle is on his way out the door in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, should. Should. But, I mean, Donnie, I understand where your concern is coming from, um, and I'll let you kind of talk about it, but I just – it's it's tough to, like – I think it's going to happen. I think the writing's on the wall. Okay,
1: so I my biggest fear is like what Tito said is doing what um uh what we Hold on. Sorry. Uh the biggest concern is that what it does to Hunter Green if he doesn't succeed. Um I just don't as a, such a young player. And it's kind of the thing with sending Kumar or Jack lighter to the Sox in the midseason, not giving them any minor league experience um, and having them fail what that does to them down the road. And we don't know each person's different, but I also have to point out the thing that the reds did the last time they had a pitcher um, drafted in the top 10. It was Homer Bailey. Um, didn't necessarily light the world on fire. They brought him up to sell tickets, and Homer Bailey was Homer Bailey. He was pretty good for the Reds for a couple of years, but he was never a top ten pick. He never panned out to be um, what we needed him to be. I just don't in any any way. I don't want that to happen to Hunter Green. And Hunter Green, I think, is better than Homer Bailey. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Hunter, but, Hunter Green. But Hunter, has, just, Homer Bailey was supposed name, to be. You just bring up the name Homer Bailey sent a shiver that's the size of a lightning bolt down my spine. If he, but but like, I'm just saying like, he's a top 10 pick. He was one of the first pitchers selected in that draft and
1: he was supposed to be a bona fide stud and he just wasn't. Now, was it that because he, he um, just wasn't that good or was it because the Reds brought him up too early? I don't know. And I don't think we'll ever know. And, but that's just my fear
0: with bringing up a uh, hundred green. <laughs> I understand the comparison, but it's almost unfair to both Hunter, Homer Bailey and Hunter Green. Hunter Green was is was Sports Illustrated cover, he's transcend he's that transcendent MLB talent that is going to change the game of baseball when he gets called up. He could have he could have picked if he wanted to be a shortstop or a pitcher. He chose the pitcher route because he throws 103 miles an hour. Homer Bailey was not like that level of elite prospect. Homer Bailey was probably their, yes, their prized possession. But Hunter Green is like, and you hear about, you hear people talk about it all the time. This is a professional baseball player. He was a professional baseball player at the age of 18, like just the way he carries himself. I think all you have to do is tell this guy, hey, just be you. Go out there throw your fastball, break off a couple breaking balls and whatever happens happens. I, I don't think I don't think running Hunter Green out there as a bullpen arm in a postseason push is going to be detrimental to the kid's career if he doesn't pan out because he's not a bullpen arm. He's he's going to be a starter and he's a guy that is still what? 21, 22? Yeah, 21. And I think I'm, it's just, I'm not going to lie, the,
2: Donovan, comparing the situation to Humber Bailey, that does, like, that made me catch my breath a, a little bit, like, well, and I think, it's Gieser, le, that's I, a legitimate, because that's a legitimate argument that I haven't thought about, Yeah, like,
1: I think, I don't and, know, and uh, Geezer's right, Hunter Green is going to be way better than Humber Bailey, I don't want to say, like, oh, you know, the Reds doing that automatically means he's going to be a so, so he's going to have three no-hitters,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then the Reds are going to sign him to a huge contract, and then they'll never play again uh, fully healthy. Um, no, all things considered, Hunter, Hunter Green is going to be, and he is way better than Homer Bailey. But I think the fact that both guys were top 10 picks, and Homer Bailey is one of the best pitchers in that class, I think it's a very, you know, it kind of scares me. So, I need there, it.
2: there is another aspect of this that is kind of tough, too, and that, uh, it's not like there's like a bunch of veterans in the bullpen that he can like look to to help him along if he is struggling. So it is kind of be it's going to be one of those things where it's like this either works or it doesn't like it, it explodes in our face. Yeah, it's <laughs> that, that as a baseball, a general
1: baseball fan. If this was like another team, I'd be like, oh, bring him up. Yeah, Let the Red Sox. Let's do it. But as a, like a fan of my team, I'd be like, whoa, I'm, yeah. let's just hold on a second.
2: Because, and he's only pitched 100 innings in the minors, man. Like, I don't know. There's not like yeah, I mean, you're not what as soon as he comes up, you're not going to see a bunch of progression. Like it's going to like he is going to be what he is. So that that could be a problem if they if if he comes out and sucks in his first 3 appearances and they keep him there, then I agree with you 100%. Cuz he's not going to get any like there there's not going to be a huge change in his game from appearance 1 to appearance 6 or 7. Coming like, out of the
1: bullpen, you mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's like, why I, I'm talking about this season.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I that's why I think we'll see how he does. Now, if he goes out and throws, you know, an under two ERA like he had in double A, uh, then I think you can talk about it by the end of the season. Like, I, OK, this guy has to be brought up. Kinda I like think Indy, it's going
0: to be. I, he
1: forced the organization hand. And I think Hunter Green can do that. But I think if he's not, then it shouldn't be this big rush to get him up here. I don't if know. If I'm.
0: If you're if you're gonna look at if you're gonna look at any statistic, I think with Hunter Green and whether or not they bring him up or not, throw ERA out the door. I'm gonna be looking at the K's per nine. I'm gonna be looking to at the K to walk ratio. Yeah, because it's that been really because good. because it's that's really what at the end that's because that's what at the end of the day moves the needle and needle in the bullpen these days. You're either striking guys out or you're doing the opposite and you're walking guys.
1: But I think the Reds bullpen. You saw, fuck, Heath Henry last night was, was
0: struck out the side yeah, and no, struck out
1: 96. I, I, but he I still agree. walks a ton of guys. So yeah. Hunter Green's going to do the same thing. He's going to walk a ton of guys, even though he's striking out. It's going to be like, I, I don't know.
0: I get what you're saying, Geez, but like if if Hunter Green that, is if Hunter Green's sub four and has a good K to walk ratio, he's getting called up.
2: But what? I like know. I don't think so. Oh, you're talking about looking at his K to walk ratio in Louisville. Yes. Oh, I was gonna say. By the time he gets to the major leagues, like it, it, I thought you were saying that, like that's the stat you care about. Okay. I was no, gonna say, no, no. I, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm ta- no.
0: I'm talking about like when you're like looking at the case to bring him up from AAA to the majors. You're yeah, gonna be no, looking at that. That makes sense. It, yeah. Okay. Is the is the ERA sub four? Check. Or if it's above four, then yeah, that's an issue. But like ERA sub four, check. If his K to walk ratio is, you know, in that echelon of where, OK, we consider him as an elite prospect with elite stuff. And if it's in that really good, great elite category numbers wise, then, yeah, he's probably going to get called up because, like, like I said, this is a front office that is has been pulling the we're broke, poor. And that's why we didn't make this move or that move. And this is why we trim payroll here or there. And what better way to bring money into the organization than to bring up your former number two overall pick, high school phenom throws 103 miles an hour. They did it with Chapman and they're going to do it again, especially if they're in this push. It's yeah. just going to move the needle for, for them to do it. Uh, Whether or not
1: it's. Butt. There's a huge ass, a butt in that. There's no bigger way to lose the fan base that's already turning against you if you bring him up and he doesn't fucking pan out. People are going to be jumping off the ship but here's the thing waves. but you can't
0: Is there if, that, if, I know but I'm just saying that if you t- if if there are fans out there and I, I know that there are but if there is a majority of the fan base that realistically if they if let's say Hunter Green maybe gets like four appearances or, you know, less than whatever. Okay. Which is pick any number less than 10 and his ERA is, is, you know, meh and maybe with the infinity. (laughs) But let's say like he, you know, he kind of just fills in. He just kind of camouflages into what this bullpen has become, which is this bullpen where it's Russian roulette. You never know what you're going to get. If there are people that legitimately think that kid is a bust or he's not going to pan out because of six appearances or five appearances or whatever in the bullpen as a 21-year-old, like, what I, the fuck are we doing here?
2: I also have a counterpoint to that, too, in that if we're in a position where we can call him up, you're probably looking at a bullpen that's got Sims, Antone, and average Amir Garrett, and probably I, – I mean, Santian – he's I feel like he w- he's going to be the one that gets moved yeah like, he's going to have to be good so like the, that bullpen still has four solid relievers so I don't think that anyone in the fan base is going to blame hunter green yeah for the bullpen not working out and that would be that would be a huge problem if he gets painted as the villain by the media at, towards the end of the year by the fan base then I'm worried about his personal development probably, but, like, but I don't think that Paul that situ- that but game, I don't think the situation is going to ridiculous. That. allow for that yeah a I don't think the base would do stupid shit like that. Like I don't think that the situation that he'll be put in is going to allow for that. I think there's okay. going to be yeah. yeah. Cuz I mean he'll have he should have forced there should be four solid other arms in there for talking about being in a position to make a playoff push.
0: Spare? Yeah.
2: That's it's a good gonna talk, be, guys. I think it's it's going to
0: be interesting. It's 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 one of the more interesting, you know, talking points about the way that this team's playing. Like I think we're going to have a we are going to have a really good feel about what that move could be like in a month after the at, at, when they get to the All Star break, where they sit, then the trade deadline, and what corresponding moves they do or don't make. We'll know. You'll know if they just make some move for some middling reliever, some old fart who's washed. He's got a good spin rate, whatever, then yeah. We're probably going to see Hunter Green being another one of those guys that's going to be tasked with, you know, helping fix whatever is left of this bullpen at that point. But if they make a move for a I don't know, an above average reliever, a good reliever, then yeah, maybe maybe you you don't see him. But I I just think the timing of the call up coupled with what the bullpen is it just—it's almost like a match made in heaven.
2: I'll—I'll I'll throw this out there as a little motivation as we're talking about the All-Star break. If uh, this will—this will get Castellini's ear. If—if if the Red for every—for every like competent move that brings a decent arm into the bullpen that we make before the deadline, I'll buy like a—I'll buy like a first baseline ticket. Oh wow. Yeah, let's let's bags over here. Yeah, no, let's let's inha- let's let's entice them a little bit.
0: Can we get I'll, a can we get a like a a scale or or like a a chart that's what's competent and what's not? Well, like, that's we like. To decide. Okay, that's, all right. That,
2: that really depends on what my wallet looks like at the time. But that's uh, smart.
0: I'm I'm glad we get but, to uh, decide what that is. Yeah, when we should we be the, the, uh, yeah.
1: When can we use the um, scout seats again? Uh, let me know
2: when you're in town. They're free most of the time, so. I'm pissed. I'm coming up this weekend, but it's I'm pissed that
1: there's no. They're in
2: San Diego. Yeah. Uh. Can we talk about that for a second? I'm very nervous about the rest of the month of June into early July. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be.
1: Uh,
0: we play a doozy of a schedule. Yep. We really do. But I think I I will say this to to kind of go off that point. I know like a team like the Brewers has kind of played a pretty cupcakeish schedule up until this point where they've gone on their run. So I I, I really do think the NL Central is going to kind of just stick there. Everybody's going to water always finds it level. It's level. Everybody's going to come back like the Cubs. I don't think their rotation can keep this up. No, I, I think I think they are. I think the Cubs are more like the Reds in the sense that they are going to rely heavily on their, you know, their offense and the guys that they have in their lineup on a day to day basis to carry the load. But their arms, their bullpen, it's not like it's not there. Yeah, the the Cardinals are just falling apart. And they I'm
2: might... about. I I think we can pencil them in as teams that we don't need to worry about. Like if we're gonna win the division, we have to catch. It's gonna be catching Chicago or Milwaukee. It's not gonna and, be St. Louis. Anymore. And I think Milwaukee's you
1: beat St. Louis. You gotta you gotta. I
2: don't yeah, know. but I mean, I'm talking about looking at the standings. Oh, okay. like I I want the Brewers and the Cubs scores every night. I could care less what the hell's. Uh, St. Louis is doing
1: well. They're one and nine in their last ten, so that's not great.
0: Yeah. And real quick, breaking news. Uh oh. Red lineup is out for tonight.
1: Oh, oh he's got... hitting with it. All
0: right, leading off. You guessed it. Second baseman Jonathan India followed up by in left field. The Punisher batting oh, in the two fire spot. Fire me up. Kessianas bats third. Tyler Stevenson's catching and batting fourth. Vado playing first and batting fifth. Suarez playing third, playing third, batting sixth. Scott Heineman, aka just yoked forearms, is batting seventh, playing center. And mm-hmm. Kyle Farmer at short is batting eighth. Who's catching? And, uh, and La Pedra bats yeah. ninth in pitches. And La Pedra breaks? Question mark? Yeah.
2: How bad is Jesse Winker at playing center field? Uh,
0: Dude, he's actually
2: I mean, probably uh, um, I,
0: There was a ball there okay, so there was a I ball I
2: understand the analytics, but when somebody's got an OPS over a thousand, like I this has been killing me for the last like three weeks. No,
0: there's there's a ball there was a ball hit last night that Aquino track down in center that was like to the wall but Milwaukee's a pretty big outfield I don't know if Winker could have got it I just don't know if Winker it Winker has improved defensively but I think considering the ground that you are asking your center fielder to potentially cover you need a combination of speed yeah and you need and you need to have like Winker but, is
2: still you know, not but, a perfect. Be, I'm not actually asking how good he is at center field. I'm asking why the hell he's not in the lineup. Like I, 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 know that this is what we do and we've done it all season. But like, this is gonna, this is gonna kill me every time. Like, if if, if guy has how- an OPS over a thousand. He should be in the lineup until he doesn't have an OPS. Over I,
1: agree. I agree. I agree, Tito. But I think that may- maybe, you don't know. He needs a day off. And the way the Reds have been getting injured, you don't know.
0: Um, this might, yeah. I, I feel like this is a. I think it's very interesting
1: how they have Heineman playing over Shogo. I know Brett Anderson's pitching for the Brewers, and he's a
0: lefty. But they have no it, it kind. Of... It, no, I, I don't think that's it. I just think you look at, like, I mean, let's be real. Like, look at the – you go the righty-lefty matchup, and obviously it hasn't really worked out for Heinemann's entire career. But, like, last game he went out yeah, and he, I mean he stopped, did it. Right? And and I think, you know, I think that's something you're trying to cash in on. And I I just don't think I've seen enough out of Shogo in in, in last year and this year to where you're going to give him three to four ABs going against a lefty. Bec- yeah. Because no, if you're going to do that – if you if you do that, you're gonna give it to Naquin. And you're not gonna give it to Shoka.
1: Well, I think you know, they also wanna implement a keynote in the lineup and that's I think you know why you have him playing tonight against the lefty like that. Um, you know, Heinemann over Winker and uh and who knows, maybe it's interesting. I don't know. and we'll see. I mean
0: we'll see. I wonder I wonder what his career numbers are. Is it against Anderson? Is it Brett or Brent? Brett. 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 This is Well, Heineman's numbers against lefties throughout his career are not good. Okay, but. so – all right. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of plate appearances against him. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's – he's got but one look, homer against him. Winker does. Oh, okay. This feels like a day off type of day, not a – Yeah, no, that's what I a, think
1: – not necessarily have that big a problem the way, you know – Everything's been going for him this year. I don't
0: I don't know. And I guarantee you Winker probably gets inserted in like the sixth inning. Yeah, yeah. Like that's I, what's I going, would hope. I would that's hope. what's gonna happen.
2: Can um, we also, real quick before we finish up, can we talk about league leader in RBI since he came back from injury, Joey Votto?
1: Um, an absolute beast.
0: An animal in the RBI. Uh, dude, he, he's been killing. He's, he said it he said it in the offseason, he said, I'm going to give up batting average on base and focus on my slugging. And his batting average is a little bit down. His, OB, his OBP is a little bit down, but he's slugging he, like he's slugging like a power hitter would slug. And it's, it's great to see. He's still got gas in the tank, and I think it's a huge jolt into the lineup where you have a guy like that who can set the table, get on base. He has the ability to drive in runs. He's doing it every which way. He's doing it by... Simply just putting the ball in play, like last night, bases loaded, he just puts the ball in play, gets a run that way, and then obviously he goes yard. And I mean, it looked like it—it it, it honestly looked like at first a routine like fly ball, but then I saw yeah. him react to it. And yeah. I'm like, oh wait, no, that ball's gone. It was—it <laughs> okay.
1: it was like 410. Like he crushed it.
0: And I think the biggest thing when when Vada's going and kind of feeling it, it's when he's hitting that that ball and he's hitting his You know, that homer against Colorado, that ball was to left center. And it was that was I mean, like when I think of like MVP, Joey Votto and like those runs like that is where Votto like when he's going, he's going that way. And that's that's a good sign. And I think him him coming back when he did is a huge spark to this team. And it's obviously it's it's a huge bat because then it you can then potentially. hit. All right. So then. Stevenson's not playing every day, but Stevenson's a bat coming off the bench, and that's huge, whereas yep. it's not you know Mike Freeman, yeah, her blandino,
1: yeah, so. oh absolutely, absolutely, Reds are hot, man, Reds are fun, this is fun, I like it,
0: let's all keep right,
1: it rolling, boys,
0: let's, let's do it, rolling. let's keep it rolling. Let's go out and get a series victory tonight of the Brewers. Close that gap a little bit. So, Great
2: opportunity to pick up a game on the Cubs, too. They got a yes. bad pitching matchup tonight.
0: Let's do it. All right. Oh, That is episode number 41 of Tailgates and Heartbreaks, presented by Section 513. I am your host, Geezer. Thank you to my co-host, Donnie, for joining me, producer Tito. We're going to head out of here. You know the drill. Subscribe, rate, leave us a review. Tito, end the podcast with, uh, we're the Reds. Reds, hot. For the bread. red, red it's hot. I, I think you just
2: did it. I don't even need to put it in anymore. <laughs>
0: All right, that's fine. You, yeah. yeah. Who needs Barry Larkin and the boys to do it? I'll take care of it our, myself. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys later on in the week. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my
2: bones.